BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time in the Ben show as I speak. It's Wednesday, January 12, 2022. Here's the headline on the front page of the Chicago Sun-Times, home delivered as it is every day at my house. Mayor catches COVID. Wow. Lightfoot says she has mild cold-like symptoms, which she credits to having been vaccinated and boosted. So I think I speak for absolutely everybody in the Ben Jarowski show when I say, uh, I hope you get well soon, Mayor Lightfoot. All right, without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself because we have a lot to talk about, including the mayor and COVID. So without further ado, distinguished guest, take it away. I'm Ramana Hussein. I'm an assistant metro editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is not right. <laughs> I hate to correct you, but there's been some changes. And that's item number one, even before we get to the mayor and COVID. Uh, some breaking news. If Dennis was here, we go. Uh, on the Ramana Hussein front, and this is a big moment that I've been looking forward to for a long time. So uh, share uh, your good news with our listeners, Ramana. So I am an assistant metro editor as of today. So Ben is Ben is technically wrong. But starting Monday, I'm starting a new position at the Chicago Sun-Times. I'm going to work um, on the editorial board. I'm basically a member of the editorial board. Um, so I will be writing editorials and um, hopefully some columns, too, on occasion. Um, Lorraine Forte is the editorial board editor, and she's really great to work with. And she, a few weeks back, had asked me to join the editorial board. I'd said I'd think about it, and I decided, you know, I do miss writing. I've been working as an editor for a long time, and I thought this could get me back into the writing side of journalism again, which I truly love. Um, that's my favorite part about it. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I hope it's fun and I'm sure it will be because I do like and respect um, all the editorial board members at the Chicago Sun-Times. So it should be fun and it should be interesting. Um, I hope to continue um, as a guest for Ben. So we'll try to see, you know, make sure I squeeze it into my schedule. 
Yeah, get squeeze it into that busy schedule. But uh, yeah. So in the past, you guys know the uh, Romana very uh, accurate. Uh, would tell you exactly what her title was, and then I go, well, she's also a columnist, uh, <laughs> and uh, so now I won't have to do that. She's, uh, I, I believe this, Romana Hussein is a very strong columnist with a uh, very strong voice, and you're going to be hearing a lot more of it, so I think Chicago will benefit uh, from that. And so, uh, Lorraine, good job uh, in talking Romana into taking the gig, and uh, yeah, congratulations to one and all. So, okay. Thank all you. Right. Uh, so let's get down to business, and we'll start, I guess, uh, Every, everything COVID with the mayor. Uh, we've been talking a lot about this uh, on the show for over a week. Uh, Ramana, the showdown between uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the Chicago Teachers Union over safety protocols in the schools. The schools, uh, the teachers voted to go to remote learning. Uh, Lori Lightfoot blocked them from remote learning. So effectively, most of the schools shut down. A few schools on the southwest side uh, remained open. The teachers uh, went to school anyway, and um, they reached a settlement on Monday and today, Wednesday, when we're doing the interview, they're back at school. So it's sort of an opportunity for all of us to catch our breath and just catch up on the issue and think about it and where we stand on it and what went down. And boom, before we could even do that, Romana, news breaks that Lori Lightfoot has COVID. And I'm like, wow. I mean, in this city, there it just never ends with, you know what I'm saying? Just uh, some people say it's it's very ironic. Uh, what's your general thoughts about everything? And then we'll take it a little more specific. Um, just, oh, just to tell you, um, just like a few minutes ago, um, the Sun-Times actually put out an alert saying that the Chicago teachers formally approved a deal to end their walkout over the COVID safety pro- protocol. So that's the latest. Um, you know, Lori Lightfoot getting COVID, um, it's not a surprise given that this new variant, the Omicron variant, is very contagious. And, you know, Lori Lightfoot, um, I'm sure some people who aren't fans of her, you know, might have thought this was a little funny and ironic. But um, to, be, to be fair to, you know, to anybody that's been getting this variant, it's like even if you take your mask off, they say it's a very, very, very contagious strain. Um, in fact, um, all the medical experts and the t- scientists are saying cloth masks, you know, they're okay, but they're not as effective as, as the K95 and the N95 masks. So they're telling everybody to get these stronger masks. Um, so, you know, she's doing news conferences. And when she's doing these news conferences, she, um, you know, hasn't been covering her mouth and she's standing next to other people. And, you know, I've seen some people on Twitter saying that maybe now these officials should be doing news conferences with a mask on their mouth. Although I have to say that that's a little tricky because sometimes it's hard to hear people when they're wearing a mask. So um, I don't know, maybe we'll be seeing that soon with some of our public elected officials. But it's interesting that, you know, I knew some people who, and my older sister actually, she's sent a picture of Lori Lightfoot to us Monday night and told us she looks actually really tired and worn out. And some of my other friends are like, that's how she always looks. And uh, another another colleague of mine pointed out that she seemed to look more exhausted on Monday as well. So, uh, you know, people have been mentioning that she was standing next to Dr. Arwadi, um, the city's health. Um, she's the head of the health department, right? Um, so she was standing there without a mask on. So people, you know, she said that she's taking the protocols and just, I don't know if she's quarantining Dr. Awadi, that is, and just making sure that she doesn't feel any symptoms. I'm sure the doctor got um, tested right away. I would think that she got a PCR test. And Lori Lightfoot said she's quarantining right now, taking the necessary precautions. 
and um, and is basically working from home like there are, many of us are. So, um, I mean, I, I, I think it's just a sign of the times. I know, like I said, I know some people are probably like finding it ironic. And I don't know how some teachers are feeling, um, you know, given the tension between the teachers union and Lori Lightfoot. Um, but, um, you know, I do hope she gets better. I hope she feels better. It's, it's, it's not a fun thing. This, these last two years have been tough and everybody knows someone at this point who's gotten coronavirus. So, you know, it's, I guess it was inevitable when you're someone like the mayor and you're going from one place to the other and you're not working from home, you, it was a good chance that she was going to get it at some point Yeah, or be exposed to it. Yeah, uh, that is uh, very true. And, uh, it sort of just, uh, summarizes, um, sort of the uh, strange uh, limbo land they're living in uh, with uh, this current strain of COVID. Uh, so follow me in this one, uh, Ramana. It's pretty clear and pretty evident to uh, uh, everybody that if you're double vaccinated and boosted, that this current strain, more often than not, does not present, I'm going to just say this as euphemistically as possible, an existential threat to your existence like the first strain did. If you recall, when we'd be doing these shows back in 2020 and uh, 2021, before uh, the um, the vaccine, it was a very frightening no, uh, specter, the, uh, the fear of getting COVID. And now, obviously, we all know so many people who've had it. And um, in the NBA, 10 bulls, I think it is, or maybe it's up to 14 have had it, uh, various degrees of severity. Uh, the reality is, is, as you said, we know as so many people have had it. I think Dr. Fauci said a lot, had a, a line that everybody's going to get it sooner or later because it's so contagious. But at the same time, we don't fear it as much. So we're living, to, uh, we're willing to live with it. And I have really strong mixed feelings about just that kind of, I don't know, carefree attitude. Oh, well, what the hell attitude? about what is still, for many people, a very serious and dangerous uh, d- disease. What's your thoughts about this no- this sort of contradiction between COVID? Go ahead. The thing is, um, yeah, this strain, they say that if you are double vaxxed and have a booster, um, the chances are of you being deathly ill are very slim. But the thing that scares me, and I'm, I'm someone who's kind of in the middle. I'm not, I've never been a hypochondriac. I know some people were just like, kind of locked inside their homes and didn't do anything, which is good. I applaud it. It's better than the opposite where people aren't wearing masks and not, not, you know, not taking any precautions, but I'm kind of in the middle, but you know, I'm still not living like I did in 2019. I'm not living a life like that. Everything is calculated now in my life. Um, The thing is, even if I get COVID, like I've told my husband, Mick, like I should just, I just hope I get it and get it over with. And he's always like, you can get it again. And I'm like, that's true. But I just feel like, I'm like, you know, it's so you have to be so cautious. And but you know, my I have a I have a nephew who's in sixth grade, and he got it twice. So you can definitely get this again. And the thing that scares me is we don't know that much about the virus right now. And not that's not to scare people, you know, because we I, I definitely listen to the science behind it. But the thing is, I always think, you know, my mom is like in her early 70s. And, you know, knock on wood, her, she doesn't have any major health problems, but I have an aunt who just recently lost her husband. My uncle passed away um, last month. She's a heart attack survivor. And so if I'm going out and not taking cautions and I get COVID, 
And I don't know when I'm asymptomatic because, you know, I've taken tests when I've gone gone to see my in-laws because I don't see them all the time. But if I have no symptoms and I have it and I found out I gave it to an elderly person or somebody that's vulnerable and something happened to them, I just feel so bad. So I feel like even though you, you know, this, this strain they say isn't as dangerous, there's still some people you can give it to. And, you know, there's, 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 I mean, our hospitals are basically, it's just inundated with COVID patients right now. They say 90%, at least in Illinois, are people who aren't vaccinated, but I don't want to give, I don't want to give COVID to anybody who could get sick and pass away. So I, you know, like right now, I, when the weather was warmer, I was eating outside a lot. I, I occasionally ate inside when the weather was bad, but right now I'm like curbing things like going to restaurants right now. Um, if I have to go, I'll probably go once in a blue moon, but I'm not going to be going like I normally would. I went to the movies, but you know, I had my mask on the whole time. We didn't sit next to anybody when we went. So it's like, I, th- I feel like you still have to, everything still has to be a calculated move. I don't think it's something where you can be just let yourself go and still live like you did in 2019. So I, I, you know, I understand like people, you know, are, we could be a little less stressed out than we did at, in 2020, like with the height of the pandemic, when we didn't, we weren't vaccinated. Um, and obviously there's still some people who aren't vaccinated, but when those of us who are vaccinated weren't vaccinated, I think we took more cautionary, you know, the way we, you know, moved and stuff. But I still think that I'm, I don't know. And I'm like I said, I'm kind of middle of the road about it. I'm like, I don't want to panic, but I don't want to be totally loose about it too. So, but I still feel like everything's a calculated move. Like I always think like, well, if I'm gonna always go out all the time and see people who aren't in my bubble, then can I see my mom when I want to? Or do I have to like hang out for a few days? So I still feel like everybody's taking, you know, thinking about things. At least a lot of people that I know are taking thinking about things before they go out, before they hold a party, you know, a lot of things have been canceled, you know, any gatherings people have had. So it's just been a tricky time. I mean, the last two years have been just really trying. And, you know, I miss people. I I miss being a normal, you know, socializing like everybody else. I don't like wearing a mask, but I know that if this helps, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make sacrifices. Well, I, uh, that line that you used was a really good one. I wrote it down. Uh, everyone, uh, has to uh, make calculated moves and i agree with that 100 percent. and that's how uh basically i've been living my life uh <laughs> for the last uh, two months i feel like a, a football runner trying to dodge tacklers uh on a field and uh and this is um what got me so upset uh about the way um mayor Lori lightfoot and her health commissioner handled uh the impasse with the chicago uh, teachers union because particularly I, I was upset by the health commissioner when she said to try to assure people that they could go back to school uh, right now. She said, it's not, it's not much worse than the flu. And I thought that was the absolute worst message that the commissioner of health in a big city like Chicago, a diverse city like Chicago, a city where I don't know, 30% of the people aren't vaccinated in a city in Chicago where in poor neighborhoods already Already, there's such inadequate uh, health care, uh, uh, not enough hospitals, not enough uh, emergency clinics, et cetera. So Neil Steinberg wrote a great article. I urge everybody to read it in the Sun-Times. It ran Monday right before, I don't know if you edited it, uh, Ramana, but it was a really good article about, about Roseland Hospital and the, uh, the mental exhaustion, physical exhaustion of the doctors in the emergency room who are just overwhelmed with COVID. And so for the health commissioner to put out this message that this is, oh, no worse than the flu. 
uh, I just felt set the absolute wrong message just to the world. And uh, I believe it's really important for our leaders to just keep reaff- uh, reaffirming that message that you gave, that you just delivered. You should be the health commissioner. It's like life is is, is a, a calculation, and you have to be very concerned and very practical and pragmatic and um and much more needs to be done to protect people who are so vulnerable so yeah i feel like we took a major step back this last week in the fight against covid i really do and i really worry not so much about this current strain uh, ramana because they say it's quote unquote mild but what's the that you know another one's coming down the road you know what i'm saying is what's that one going to be right like and so i am concerned uh that we've kind of dropped our guard a little bit. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. It, you know, it all depends on people, right? Everybody, there were people who never really dropped their guard at all. Um, you know, there's places I've, I have family friends who live in Texas and they say that if you wear a mask, you're the one that everybody stares at inside a business. And they say that you guys should be lucky that, you know, you are required to show vaccination um, proof. I think people are trying. I, I don't think, you know, nobody's a hundred percent. Like I'm not saying I'm, I'm the best, you know, no, you know, every, it's like human nature to see other people. I'm sure I slip here and there, but I think, I don't know, most people I know, and I'm sure most people, you know, are trying their best. Um, there, everybody, everybody of course knows that one person or some people who are like always like socializing still and acting like nothing's happened or nothing's really changed with their lives. And they're kind of living their life like they normally did. So you know, you see those people on social media and then everybody else talks about them. They're like, Hey, did you see so-and-so was going out? And it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because now it's like the things that we found normal, like many years ago, they're, you're like, Oh my God, can you believe they're, you know, hanging out and doing things like that? And it's really funny because my, um, my brother and my sister-in-law are going to a wedding overseas for my sister-in-law's cousin's wedding. And so my sister-in-law was complaining to us about my brother who's playing basketball and going outside and he works as an optometrist. And she's like, your brother needs to stay at home. And we're just kind of laughing. She's like, you know, we need to like, just kind of clamp down right now for the next few weeks, you know, before we go, because we got to test positive, you know, negative. And so, you know, it's like everybody's complaining about other people and saying, Hey, you got to tell them to stay home. You know, my mom's has, my mom has some friends who live in Florida and she thinks that they're being too lax. So like everybody has, you know, everybody's kind of scolding each other. Like me and my siblings would be scolding other people. And, you know, if we found out someone went here, my mom found out my older sister, like this is at the height of pandemic. She was always going to the grocery store. And my mom's like, you don't need to go to the grocery store all the time. And my sister's like, are you going to buy me my groceries for me? So it's like, Everybody, I, I just feel like all you know. Most of us, I, I would think that most of your listeners have all have altered their lifestyle in some way. I mean, I tell my husband, I was like complaining to my husband about how I've had it with with the you know, with the COVID, you know, just with COVID in general. And I said, you know, it's like we, you know, the we, we look forward to the weekend, but then the weekend comes and there's nothing happening or there's nothing <laughs> you can really do. Yeah. So it's like except watch movies on Netflix or you know just kind of hang out. And I'm like. After a while, I kind of feel like I'm a tiger in a zoo, like, you know, kind of walking around our condo. And so, yeah, I, I think it's gotten to everyone. And it's good that you, you know, it was nice when you could kind of go outside and hang out with people. But it's like when winter comes, it's kind of sad again. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like the fact that we have vaccine mandates in the city and in Cook County 
just makes me feel a little better about going out. Um, Mick is actually going to a basketball game, Bulls game next week. And he's gotten tickets for concerts for us. And the concert wasn't my, it's a, it's somebody that he likes more than what I like, but I told him I'd go. He's like, you feel comfortable. I'm like, I'm totally fine because he's a little more strict than I am. I'm like, like I'll see people if I know they're all vaccinated and it's like four or five people, I'll keep my mask off if it's my family. But I do try to, you know, during we, we saw my family on New Year's Eve and I had my mask on 90% of the time. Well, going, going to a Bulls game is a calculated risk. I went to one last week. Uh, my wife and I went to a movie, so West Side Story this weekend. So there's these, these are calculated risks. And, of course, you know, yeah. I, I urge Mick to keep that mask on because a lot of people. He will. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't when they're at the, including a certain mayor of the city of Chicago when she went to the Sky Game, uh, was not wearing a mask. All right, um, uh, you were uh, you mentioned uh, scoldings, and so speaking of scoldings, I'm now going to drag you kicking and screaming into a dispute uh, between uh, two prominent Chicago columnists: one, Eric Zorn, who may be listening to the show. What up, Eric? Uh, and the other, uh, Amy Dickinson, who I do not know, but she's a syndicated advice columnist. Uh, who uh, her column appears in the Tribune. And uh, Amy Dickinson wrote uh, in a, a recent column, and I quote, I believe in anyone's right to hold their vaccination status privately, and I have guarded my own. Uh, and according to Eric, she, Dickinson was responding to a reader who had written in to say, I am fully vaccinated and booster, boosted, but I do not believe it's anyone's business except for my medical providers. Um so I'm going to throw this question to you. No talking, no dodging. Uh, let's see how you handle this. Uh, if you, uh, your friend, uh, let's say her name is Sally Sue, calls you up and says, Ramana, I really want to see you. Uh, let's go have coffee. And you say, okay, Sally Sue, I haven't seen you in a while. I just need to know, are you uh, vaccinated and boosted? And if Sally Sue says to you, I'm sorry, Ramana, but that's a private uh, matter and it's personal business and I do not feel comfortable disclosing that information. So can you make it Tuesday at three o'clock at Billy Bob's coffee shop? How will you respond, Ramana Hussein? No ducking, no dodging, go. Well, first of all, I'm not, I'm someone that probably doesn't have friends named Sally Sue. <laughs> or, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But um, I would, if someone told me that it was, it was their private, it was their personal information, that would kind of give me a red flag that they aren't vaccinated. <laughs> that's what, that's what, it, that's that would what be, be, would be for me. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know, most of my <laughs> friends, I mean, I mean, at the height of like when people started getting vaccinated and I think the reporters were towards the end or at least me and Mick were eligible towards the end. And, you know, I was itching to get the vaccine. I was like, come on, I know so many doctors. And Mick is like, no, you have to wait your turn. Don't do anything. <laughs> He's like, you don't want to end up in the newspaper about jumping the line. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I mean, what's a few weeks here and there? But I, I was good. I waited my turn and we were towards the tail end. But you know, everybody I knew was vaccinated. And that was something that we would commonly say when people started getting vaccinated, like my friends would reach out to me and go, Hey, you want to get dinner? I'm vaccinated. And I, ha I just got my second dose. And I would be like, well, I just got my first dose. So maybe you want to wait a little. And so that it's, it was, I don't know. And amongst my friend circles, it was something that you just kind of brought up. I mean, I would kind of like, I would do it and I would ask people in a way 
because I would like to know what their, you know, what their status is. And I don't think it's really that obtrusive because it's one thing if this, this virus would just affect you, but it's not, you know, people, a lot of people who are anti-vaxxers keep saying it's my body, my choice. But the thing is, it's not just your body, because if you give it, if you get it, you can still spread it and give it to someone else. I mean, this is an airborne virus, so it's not just your body. So I think it's, I think it's relevant to ask. I mean, one time I was, you know, outside my condo coming back from a run and I was talking to these two women at my condo and, and what I go, Hey, have you guys gotten vaccinated yet? And I'm like, I can't wait to get vaccinated. And one of them was like, yeah, I, I am vaccinated. I got my first dose. And the second woman, there's this one couple in our building who refused to get the vaccine and they don't wear their masks inside the common spaces. And this one woman just told me she didn't want to get vaccinated. She's like, I'm not getting vaccinated. And so that kind of, I mean, I'm glad she told me in a way. So when I see her, I can kind of like walk away from her or at least, you know, just make sure I kind of keep my distance. And um, even at my hairdressers, um, Ben, I'm going to hopefully go to get my hair cut at your wife's salon soon. But I actually stopped going to a salon where I get my, got my eyebrows done because I would hear the woman that owned the salon talk about how she didn't want to get vaccinated. Because how you can get more sick with the vaccine than when COVID, COVID itself and how we're all, you know, people are a bunch of sheep getting the vaccine. And I, I, I remember telling my sister, I'm like, I cannot come to a place like this. And then one time I was getting my hair cut at this one place and I had my mask on the whole time. And I asked the guy who was cutting my hair, I'm like, oh, just making small talk, said, hey, have you gotten vaccinated? And he's like, no, I don't want to get vaccinated because then I won't be able to have children or more, and I want more children. I have one son, I want more kids. And I, and I was trying to be nice about it and, you know, try to go about my way. But that gave me like, you know, enough information to know that I didn't want to go to this, like, you know, salon again. So I don't know, I, I, I've been kind of asking and even with, um, you know, people are, you know, visiting, you know, when you don't see someone for a long time, people are saying, hey, you know, I gotten tested or I feel okay. Let's go out to this restaurant. And everybody, like all my friends are talking, you know, when they're getting boosted, they're like, I just got my booster today. I got my booster tomorrow or I'm getting it tomorrow. So I don't know. I feel like in my circles or people that I know are talking about it. I haven't met anybody yet who said, this is my personal business. I mean, you talk about, people talk about, did you get vaccinated for the chicken pox? And, you know, sometimes I'll be like, I don't know, did I get vaccinated? I'm pretty sure I did. But, you know, it's something that people talk about. You go, I got my flu shot. Don't people... Just well, here's the deal. It, so here's the deal. Uh, your your first point was right on target, and that is anybody who responds uh, that they, it's a personal matter and they don't want to disclose it. I will bet you nine hundred and ninety nine out of a thousand have not been vaccinated. In fact, yeah. people who have been vaccinated generally are like, yeah, I got it. Here's my card. In fact, you got it. Your, your husband will be literally doing that at the United Center. And he'll have to show his driver's license to prove that he didn't, that the McDumpkey on the vaccination card is actually the McDumpkey who's standing in front of that usher. So most vaccinated people overwhelmingly, in fact, I can't imagine a, a vax person responding that way. So automatically, if they say that, they're unvaxxed. And there's two reasons why an unvaxxed person won't admit they're um, uh, vaccinated, uh, won't admit their status. Number one, if they're like Sean Hannity and they're preaching uh, the evils of vaccination, even though they have been vaccinated. So they're hypocrites. Do you follow what I'm saying? So they want to, yep. uh, and they don't want their hardcore 
um, MAGA listeners to know that they got vaccinated. Like Donnie Trump got booed for saying get the booster. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? All right. So that's the number one. And the number two reason, if they're a relatively smart MAGA person like Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers and they're embarrassed by their status, but they want to still cling to whatever Magevian, I just made up a word, Magevian <laughs> views that they have. So they go, well, it's not your business. So they concoct some cockamamie philosophical explanation for the fact that they're just embarrassed to admit that they're clinging to this view. So I, I'm i with you. As soon as someone says you're not, as Sally Sue says to you, I'm not, uh, it's, not it's, it's a personal matter. I don't want you. The first thing you should say is, I'll tell you what, Sally Sue, this is what I would say. I'll see you when this pandemic is over or until you come to your senses. I think that would be appropriate response. But now, all right. So did you follow the rest of the uh, Eric Amy thing? Eric Zorn and Amy. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think um, there was kind of like a Twitter fight, right? Yes, um, there was. Following, um, because By the way, let me just say this. That, Eric yeah. and Amy are both too old to be on Twitter. Okay, you guys have a little feud <laughs> on Twitter. You know my stance on this, Eric Zorn. No one over the age of 30 should go to Twitter, okay? Uh, yeah, so uh, take it away, Romana. Yeah, they had a little spat on Twitter. Go ahead. Yeah, so they had a little spat on Twitter, and I have to say, I know, hey, Eric, if you're listening, I did side with Eric Zorn. I, I didn't agree with Amy's advice. Um, I I'm, I respect Amy, but I didn't respect that answer where, you know, she was kind of saying it's okay for someone to have, you know, as a as a privacy thing. I just don't, I don't get that. Like, I'm just trying to think, like, even with children's schools, like, you have to get vaccinated to get into, you know, to start your classes. So, you know, teachers ask for your medical records. So people know your medical records for some vaccines. And this mm. is something, you know, that's one thing if coronavirus was like killing maybe one person a year, but we, I think the latest toll, at least a month ago, or at least less than a month ago was 800,000 people in the United States. I mean, that is a huge number. And this isn't just killing people in the United States, it's killing people. This is a worldwide pandemic. It isn't something that we should be taking lightly. So I, I think it's fine. You know, it's like my nephew, like um, one of my nephews, when he turned 12, I remember he, he, he told us to come to a restaurant and I was like, oh, are you going to get vaccinated now that you're, you're 12? And then he, he was kind of like make, making fun of his parents, how they forgot to get him a vaccine that they needed to get by the summer. And he's like, my parents didn't even get me this vaccine, so I got to get it or else get kicked out of school. So, I mean, it's like, you know, he got that vaccine, but it's like, these are, you know, you get asked about other vaccines and other medical you know, procedures or not, I don't know, call it procedure, but a medical, you know, medical yeah, uh, treatments that you get. So I just think it's just bizarre how this has become a political thing. And it's, it's just like people refusing to take it. Um, today, I wanted to tell you um, in Skokie, at Skokie Village Hall, they had a protest. Um, people are against, uh, you know, vaccine and mass mandates. And you should have seen the signs, Ben. I mean, you know, they had a don't tread on me, like, you know, sign and, you know, how vaccine mandates are illegal. And I just drove, I used to drive by just to see what the scene was like, because I was like, I wonder if it's like a, a lot of people there or not, but it wasn't that many people. So I just don't know who those people were, if they're all Skokie residents, but I have to tell you, I did notice that most of these people there were white. <laughs> and Skokie's a pretty Skokie's a pretty diverse <laughs> suburb. So I, I was telling my mom, I was like, yeah, it was like mostly a bunch of white people, and I, I, I took a picture of them. And, <laughs> well. and so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I know I make fun of white people a lot, but I'm not saying all white people are <laughs> anti vaccine. But I, I was just noting the racial. <laughs> 
makeup of the group. My favorite part of every Ramada Hussein segment, uh, number one, is when she throws her husband Mick under a bus. Number two, when she just throws <laughs> all white people under a bus. Uh, but white people, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but I'm with, uh, I, I, I'm sorry too. I don't buy it. I, I, uh, I don't, I, and we're, I just don't buy people saying, no, I can't. It's a personal. Come on. It's not a yeah. personal decision. No. Are you kidding me? Our lives are open. I, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you say that, you might as well just say, I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Just say you didn't get it. And uh, uh, I would love to see a Larry David episode. I don't know if he's done it because uh, I, I don't watch them in chronological order. I'm all over the map. Has he done uh, an episode that because I know you've watched every single one. Has he done an episode on on the issue of vaccines? He hasn't done one on vaccines, but you saw that one with John Hamm in it, where you know somebody stole all the stole all the COVID related um, Purell and the hand sanitizers and things like that. But I think they've made some other. I think they've made some other COVID related jokes, but nothing on the vaccine yet. No, but, I, the John I, you know, Hamm they They've made MAGA jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the John Hamm one, where I don't want to go on this tangent. Well, we could we move to recommendations, and I'm utterly obsessed with Larry David. I go through periods of, of varying obsession. I watch 10 shows in a row and go, that's it. I, I'm through with Larry David. I've seen it. That, that, that A year passes, and then I'm back watching. But the one was John Hamm was studying Larry David uh, because he was going to play a Larry David-like character in a TV show or a movie. So he was st- <laughs> He was studying Larry David. So he's hanging out with Larry David, and Larry David goes to a Chinese restaurant, and he uh, he's too lazy to look at the menu, so he just says to the uh, Asian American people who are sitting next to him, "Hey, what are you guys ordering?" And it's so offensive, and it's just ah, Larry David. Anyway, um, I didn't mean to go there. Tangent there. All right. Uh, so since I raised the subject of uh, what I'm watching. Uh, why don't you tell us a little something about what you're watching? This the part of the segment we call Romana's recommendations. Go ahead, Romana. Did you before I t- talk about my recommendations? Did you want to talk about Succession, or do you want yes. to talk about my recommendations first? Yes. Uh, you uh, you finally watched all three years of Succession. I broke down after uh, some some point in year three. I couldn't I couldn't watch obnoxious rich people anymore i was with your sister on this one 100 i'm sorry i had enough of watching these rich people running in and out of their helicopters uh dashing in and out of their chauffeur driven limousines unless it's this kid the the oldest son who for some reason has a chauffeur driven motorcycle i'm not quite sure what that's all about uh so i just said no mas uh to quote roberto duran and i uh, stopped uh, watching it, so but I reserve the right to go back to it. You, on the other hand, plowed through the entire three years, correct? Yep, I did. Um, I, I, you know, I, I held out. You know, people would always talk about Succession, and I saw the Jeremy Strong, like he's one of the actors that plays one of the sons in in the show, and uh, he's an interesting character. Um, and yeah, interesting is an understatement. But I remember the New Yorker profile being like trending on Twitter, and I was like. God, I don't want to watch Succession. Do I really want to watch this? It just sounds like over the top. If the people sound annoying, then you and my brother recommended it, <laughs> and it's actually my sister-in-law. Is like, how many times am I going to watch like rich white people <laughs> flying in an airplane or expensive car talking about deals? But um, I told her, I don't know. Like, well, I think the acting's really good, and the people are so obnoxious, and um, it's just, it's I don't know. It's kind of a commentary also on this like dysfunctional family and how these kids like they hate their dad, but then they want to you know you know 
they always want to impress him. And so I think there's kind of that push and pull. I mean, at, at some point, I think, you know, it might get old, but I think it probably has like one or two more seasons in it. So I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts as the show finishes. But if I, um, if I make it through, I, I don't understand the adulation for it. I'm sorry. It won uh, some Golden Globes last year. Won two actors Emmy. did, yeah. Yeah, I think there's just an obsession in our country has, our society has with wealth. We love wealthy people. Uh, in the show, as I pointed out the last time, and I've said this to you uh, also today, the uh, the liberals are made to look like uh, fools. They never get the, the good last line in. The rich uh, white people always have the great line are given the toughest lines and the liberals is usually it's just sitting there going hub, 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 hub. they they uh they make this guy supposedly the eric bogosian character is supposed to be bernie sanders what a disgrace disgraceful representation of bernie sanders bernie is 10 times smarter and tougher than that marshmallow character that eric bogosian plays and i gather my guess is ramana that the people who make the show are liberals in which case they're self-hating liberals and they have this secret desire to be rich selfish greedy uh as uh the richest the wealthiest uh murdochian type uh gazillionaire and so uh yes i have my issues with succession uh do you think i've gone overboard um no i mean i think it's kind of human nature don't you i mean i'm not saying that bernie sanders is like the eric bogosian character at all and i i, I know we talked about this off air but you know, the daughter on the show is supposed to be a liberal. Like she even <laughs> says something like, she goes, oh, I'm a liberal. And then her husband, I mean, her father's like, yeah, but you get it. You know what I mean? So she's kind of like, I guess it's just kind of, it's like kind of about human nature as well. I mean, why are the Kardashians popular? And I'm, I'm a fan of the Kardashians. It's like this obscene amount of wealth. And like, you know, whenever I watch it and some friends I know who watch it, we always talk about these birthday parties they have for their kids. They're just so over the top and you're like, <laughs> wow. I'd want to go to their parties, you know? So we do, I mean, I pretend, I, I mean, I don't pretend that I do like some things that are kind of a little high end, but these people are just like so horrible. It's like, are people really that evil? You kind of think, you think that through in your mind and watching the show because the people are so awful. Like, you know, their marriages are just so weird. And like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, are people really this bad? And, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I feel like, you know, then they, you probably saw the episodes where they had the where they're trying to make a deal to buy this more liberal newspaper news news organization. Mm -hmm. So they had the, that whole scene where they were kind of like talking to that family that's supposed to be more liberal. And yeah, so I don't know. I thought it was a little like I thought it was a, it's a, it's definitely an over the top show. And, you know, the the son that we're talking about, the the actor we were talking about who just won a golden globe, Jeremy strong. That's his name, right? He yeah. basically, I mean, he's supposed to be woke. Well, you know, and I think it's kind of funny. They have, they kind of make jokes about, you know, he's this rich white guy and you know, he loves rap and he raps for his dad at one party. And it's, <laughs> it, it is, it's pretty comical. Like it's not like something that's like intentionally funny, but it, it, it does make you laugh. So there's a lot of things. I think there's a lot of commentary on it, but yeah, it's over the top. I mean, I would I would not want to hang out with these people. I'll, in, I'll say this: like, compare the people in succession to the Kardashians. I'll take the Kardashians any day. Their politics are better. There, I said it. Yeah. The Kardashians' politics are better, way better than the rapacious, greedy bastards in succession. And then the what? It's like the Rickards here in Chicago. The Rickards own the Cubs. They're all Trumpers, except for the one daughter 
who is like the liberal. So yeah, they always put a liberal daughter out. Yeah. We're not so bad. We have a liberal, we allow our liberal daughter to come to Christmas. So anyway, all right. Uh, what recommendations do you have, Romana, before we head out the door? Well, you got any good recommendations? Okay, so first? Yeah, my, t- my two recommendations, um, one is the season four of Cobra Kai. I know you haven't watched the Karate Kid um, reboot, but they're just so awesome. They're on Netflix if you want to watch it. But I was uh, I was in junior high when the original Karate Kid came out, and I thought it was awesome. And anybody who was a Gen Xer or younger is like just in love with this series. It's a little cheesy, and I think it only has maybe one or two seasons left in it, and it's kind of there's kind of jokes that get played over over again, but it's basically Johnny and his nemesis. Um, I mean, sorry, Johnny, who's like um, Ralph Macchio's nemesis, and they kind of they're showing them in the future and them today. And it's it's a fun show. If anybody who's a fan of Karate Kid, that's what I that's what I just finished watching. And the second show that I just finished watching, I'm caught up with is Yellow Jackets. It's about a, a girls, um, a 1996 high school soccer team. They're involved in a plane crash while they're going to uh, a game. And then it kind of has elements. It reminded me of, um, what's the famous book? Why am I forgetting the famous book name about? Lord of the Flies. Um, Lord of the Flies mixed with, I saw on Twitter somebody saying, Lord of the Flies mixed with Heathers. And then they show these women <laughs> who survived in, in the present day. One of the actresses who plays Juliet Lewis's character um, as a teenager is actually from Evanston. She's a 21-year-old um, actress from Evanston. There's a, yeah, I was going to say local connection, but I think you'd like it. Um, it's it's kind of has paranormal, um, you know, weird stuff that happens in this, um, you know, place where the plane crashes. And so I enjoyed it. So Yellow Jackets and the season four of Cobra Kai are my recommendations. What All about right. yours? I can watch Cobra Kai. I can't watch uh, Yellow Jackets unless somebody gives me their uh, uh, password. I, I'm recommending, well, I think I may have said this to you before, uh, but since you mentioned Cobra Kai, I'll say it again. The Bruce Lee documentary on uh, ESPN is fantastic. I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan, was uh, in high school. It's my generation. Uh, gave me a whole new perspective on on him. A pretty deep guy in many ways, way ahead of his time. Uh, and that, and I got a little, you know, I got to admit, I, I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth, but I got a little irritated uh, at uh, my guy QT, uh, Quentin Tarantino, for the way he depicted Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've seen this movie. Oh, no. Bruce Lee was a lot cooler than that guy that you, that stock character that you used uh, to set up a uh, Brad Pitt's character. Whatever, anyway, ancient history. Um, I still seen that movie five going on six times. Uh, oh and, my god! Uh, I know <laughs> it's a cry for help. And speaking of movie cries for help, I am now watching Inside Man. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I've seen it mm, estimated six times for some reason. It's, I think it's the cold weather. It's on Hulu. And uh, what so is this that is about? A, okay, so Inside is it Man, Russell Crowe. No, it, it this is the quintessential Denzel Washington movie. This is oh, Spike Lee okay. directed it. Uh, Denzel Washington plays a New York City cop. It's about ten years old. I've seen it so many times. Sometimes with my friend's house, we just the Bulls game's no good, or the Bears are getting clobbered. We go, let's put on Denzel. <laughs> he is so good in this movie. At it, it, the um, the bad guy is Clive Owen, uh, and J- Jodie Foster's in it. And so I can't believe I'm watching it again. I mean, I've seen it. I know the, I know the dialogue. I know what Denzel is gonna say, and yet, 
what can I tell you? It's a cry for help. So uh, th- those are my two recommendations. And uh, after you see West Side Story, we'll take a deep dive in that one because I saw that. I uh, I still have to watch the original West Side Story. So whoa. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was speechless. Uh, it's a generational difference, folks. She's much younger than me. That. Uh, is a generational difference and we'll just leave it at that. That's okay. Uh, I think you'll like, um, I think you'll like the, uh, Spielberg movie. It's, uh, it's did a, you like it? Did you yes, like the Spielberg I, liked it. I went, actually went and saw it at a movie theater. I was, uh, I was, um, I had took that calculate. It was a calculated move to quote you. I had two masks on. I sat on the aisle seat next to my wife. There was really no one around us, you know, and everybody had masks on. So I was like, please, please. I don't want to get this thing. Anyway, Romana, uh, it's a blast talking to you, as it always is. Congratulations on the new gig. And um, I look forward to reading your editorials and your column. Well, I won't know your editorials because they're all unsigned. But I'm definitely looking forward to uh, reading some more uh, Romana Hussein columns uh, in the coming months. So congratulations one more time on the new gig. Thank you. All right. That's a great Romana Hussein. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.